We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I feel like this is a time where I can ask you, are you ready for rapid fire? Is it already time for rapid fire? Woo! Well, because if I can find it, because I think that this kind of goes, you know, a little bit, you know, we, what we were originally going to do is just, you know, kind of play a bunch of sound yeah. bites from Marcus Freeman's press conference. And it's all this old news, news by now. Who knew? Up. Yeah. I know. <laughs> So I've I've got to find it. So here is Marcus Freeman talking about he was asked about going to the transfer portal okay. for a quarterback and okay. what he was looking for from that quarterback. Now, he can't say Riley Leonard's name out loud basically right. until the Wednesday. Look on, the look on his face? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. He looked over it at he, somebody. He looked over I don't at, know who it was. At Katie, his was it, sports okay. information communications person, to say, what am I allowed to say here? He did that right. a couple times yep. when some of this stuff was addressed. So here's what he said when asked about what they were looking for in uh, bringing in a quarterback via the transfer portal this year. I think we're all, we were looking for, I mean, something very similar in terms of Sam, right? When we were looking at Sam Hartman, we were looking for – um, a guy that was talented, right? He's a good football player, proven football player, um, but a guy that would fit into our locker room and fit into that quarterback's room. And, and that's um, what we were looking for when we talk about making another addition to this program. Like, you got to, one, be proven to to be a good quarterback. Like, we, we, we owe it to our football program to be, to find the best football player that fits our locker room um, that's out there. And um, and that's what we tried to identify. So I'm curious what you think about that response when you hear that response from Marcus Freeman. I think he's 100% right. I mean, that's what you're that's what you're looking for. I think he because he did not get into specifics about what they were looking for from an on the field standpoint. Right. We're looking for somebody with running ability and somebody that can do this and somebody that can make off balance throws and somebody that can, you know, he didn't go specifically, but he talked about fit. He talked about leadership. You know, all of those different things. And I think those are all extremely important to what you need to get. If you're going to bring somebody in as a one-year rental, they've got to fit. You know, you don't have time to try to make them fit. They have to already fit. And I think that's really important. What I found the most curious, though, is he didn't say anything about the specific style of football 
that no, didn't. Riley Leonard plays. And like, you know, that's what we're talking about now is, okay, now you've got Riley Leonard. Again, he's a very specific kind mm-hmm. of quarterback, like Riley Leonard, classic pro style offense. You know, like all we heard about Sam Hartman, get out of the slow mesh, go to a pro style offense. You wouldn't connect Riley Leonard to pro style. And that, again, that takes me to what we were just talking about with, it, it seemed like we were, going to see probably a philosophy change or, you know, at least some kind of changes in this offense going forward had Jared Parker stayed considering they were bringing in Riley Leonard and considering some of the other guys they've got behind him. Now you do have a mix of different kinds of quarterbacks among these recruits who are coming in behind him as well. So I think that that sort of like what you're looking for in an offensive coordinator now, like he can't be dead set. I don't think, you know, with blinders on, like, this is what I run. This is, you know, what I have to have to run this. I think that he's going to, there's, there's going to have to be some openness and and willingness to be able to adjust to some of these guys who he's going to inherit in here because he does have such a diverse mix, especially with the quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's, I think scheme is going to be the most important thing that they're going to be looking for from an offensive coordinator. And obviously that offensive coordinator needs to know what he has coming in specific to this 24 season, right? Because they were very specific about what they went and got in the transfer portal. And you can't just throw that out. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? In this regard, like you're going to have to use those guys, specifically Riley Leonard, right? Marcus Freeman isn't going to bring in somebody that's just going to be Hey, pocket passer, you know, whatever that kind of, that's just not, it's not going to be the case in my opinion. He's going to go out and he's going to find somebody who has a diverse offensive strategy and it's going to fit what Riley Leonard is capable of doing and where he can play, excuse me, at a high level. So I agree with you completely. Yeah, we've got a mix of, you know, Riley Leonard might never see the field at Notre Dame. Leonard is the final bridge to the future. Notre Dame quarterback, just like with Sam Hartman. Remember, there was an offensive coordinator change last year after Mm -hmm. Sam Hartman had come in. And they're not bringing in Riley Leonard, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is, for him to stand on the bench for a year, sit on the bench for a year. That's not happening. No, 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 it's not. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Factor has been a great friend of the Driscoll household this month. Not only are we super busy with work and everything going on with Notre Dame football, we're also dealing with a house remodel. 
And even thinking about cooking stresses me out, which is why I'm so thankful we found Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals that can be on your plate in minutes. It has literally saved me hours of prep, cooking, and cleaning time during an incredibly busy season for us. And their fresh but and never frozen meals got delivered right to my doorstep, which also saved me plenty of shopping time. On top of that, the flavor is outstanding. Whether it's the chicken taco bowl I had for dinner last night or my personal favorite so far, which is a filet over a mushroom risotto, I'm eating healthy meals but not sacrificing flavor. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals over the holiday. You can choose from over 35 chef-crafted meals that also support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie smart, vegan, keto, protein plus, and more. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off today. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off. Definitely give it a try. We did, and we love it. So, Vince, probably the biggest piece of news that came out of Marcus Freeman's press conference on Saturday had to do with the offensive line. And I think it was the first question asked, actually. Um, Left tackle, right tackle. Both jobs are open right now. And here's what Freeman said is going on there. Actually, uh, Charles Jagasaw has gotten the majority of the first team reps at the left tackle and then Tosh and... uh, Emil have really been battling out at the right tackle position. And so we've been rotating them throughout the first six practices or five practices that we've had. But today, as we started going towards scout teams, um, Jagasaw will be at the left, and then it'll be a battle to see who's going to be the right tackle for the game. Interesting. Jagasaw, the true freshman on the left side, Tosh Baker, Emil Wagner battling for the right side. Vince, what do you think about all that? I was shocked yet excited about that particular answer because we all know that Charles Jagasaw, based on his recruiting rankings and what, you know, I hear Brian and Ryan talking about when it comes to Charles when he came into Notre Dame and leading up to coming into Notre Dame. I mean, the kid's stud. The kid is really, really, really good. And the fact that he's able to flash that and show the staff like, hey, I deserve a shot at this left tackle position as a true freshman taking over for one of the better tackles that Notre Dame has had in a long, long time. I think that says a lot. And he's pushing two guys that have a bunch of experience in the program to battle it out on the right side like that. That was surprising to me, but I'm excited about it. I'm in that same boat, and I'm going to play more for Marcus Freeman specifically on Charles Jagasaw before we continue more on him. Here's why. I mean, he's got natural ability. Um, We've noticed that in recruiting. We noticed that when he got here. Um, There was just not a need at that moment for him to play for us, right? We had a pretty good left tackle that start for us all year, but um, he's shown in, in on scout team, um, he's shown in the bye weeks and the individual drills that he's going to be a future great offensive lineman for us. And, uh, you know, throughout the first couple practices, we rotated guys at different positions, but um, he continued to flourish at that left tackle position. He's done a really good job. I mean, like you, you, you heard him, like they saw good things from him right away, but it's like you've got Joe Walt. It's not like Charles Jagasaw right. is going to push, you know, for playing time at that point. It is a little curious that 
he was never on the two deep. You know, you had Tosh Baker essentially yeah. listed on the two deep all season as the number two at the left. And now Tosh and Emil Wagner are battling there on the right. So kind of, you know, a couple of different things because Jagasaw is a true freshman now. And remember, like Joe Alt became the starting left tackle as a true freshman himself. And look what, you know, how things turned out. And Blake, Blake for Fisher. Him. And Blake, yeah, that's right. Blake Fisher was obviously before he was injured yeah. as well. I, like this is a little bit of a puzzle, I think, because again, I think it was more simple. It's like, okay, you've got a freshman and you had Tosh Baker, a veteran over there. And then on the other side, you've got Emil Wagner. So the fact that, you know, Wagner is a redshirt freshman Baker's a senior with two seasons of eligibility left. So you've got different levels of investment in the program. Does it affect how you might approach who gets the start at right tackle just for this game, just for the Sun Bowl? If, you know, if Jagasaw is going to be the left tackle, how does that maybe play into what the thinking might be on the right side? I honestly Look, Notre Dame is very light on tackles, so you don't want to lose anybody, right? I mean, you right. don't. You don't want to lose anybody. But I could very easily see whoever doesn't win this battle. See, we're thinking, we're thinking along the same lines here, you know, because yeah. that's and and again, like you've got a veteran like Tosh Baker who is listed as the number two at the other side. Now, now all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, Alt's gone. You got to go battle for this other side because Jagasaw's. And you know, I'm sure Jagasaw yeah. has shown that he deserves to be there, or he wouldn't be there. So I'm not saying that, but I think that has to be a potential concern. You know, like if it's not Tosh Baker, do you have to worry about you know losing another guy? I, I that's a legit worry, honestly. Yeah, that's a legit worry to you me. You still want to start the best guy, but if it's right. close. Do you go with the veteran, do you think? Because, like, the thing with Emil Wagner to me is, like, you know, people have joked about him. Well, he'll go out and play wide receiver during the game. I mean, the guy the guy needs to, eat, you know, like, eat, yeah. eat a few milkshakes and, and steaks and some pizza. You know, like, like the guy needs around probably six to 10,000 calories a day to get some more, you know, beef on his bones. Right. Like that's, no that's, that's the oh, thing no is like, how does he stand up there yeah. on the edge because of that lack of size that he has right now? No, it's, it's going to be, I'm very interested to see how this thing plays out because look, they got 20 offensive linemen scheduled to be on the roster. I think next year, if my remembering is, is accurate here, let me double check just so I'm giving everybody the right information. So I'm sorry. They're down to 17 offensive linemen. That's still a lot. I, I, I still anticipate a couple of linemen hitting the portal, you know, after the game or after spring practice or whatever the case may be, especially if they're looking for a tackle in the in the portal, which everybody claims that that is the case. And so, well, that was my next question. Like, OK, so Jagasaw is the left tackle. Are you still looking in the portal or does it is it dependent upon whether or not you keep one or both of these, you know, the other guys? I think on they're the right still side? looking. I think they're still looking personally. Yeah. I, I would anyway, if the right guy came along. I mean, that's obviously going to be very, very important. Somebody said, what about Gerby Lambert, who hasn't even stepped foot on campus yet? I, I wouldn't be putting all my eggs in a true freshman's basket, but of course he's going to have an opportunity to battle for it. I mean, why wouldn't he? Look, right? everyone everyone wanted to make Rocco Spindler a starter before they even yes. saw him play because of the reputation right. that he had coming out of high school. You still yeah. need to see these guys as much as you think of them. You need to see them get on the field 
and go head to head with with other legitimate college sized men, you know, and not high school guys. Right. Right. Like we've all been to high school games and like these legitimate tackle type and, you know, and and like power five type offensive linemen, they stand out in a high school game because like you could stack two other you could stack two centers on top of each other in a typical high school game. And they're going to be about the same size as one of these guys. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. I, I, my high school had uh pretty sure our starting center was about five, seven. I know one of our guards was five, eight. Like that's just, you know, <laughs> we didn't build them in a high school level. Like they do at yeah. Notre Dame. Look, that wasn't a knock on Rocco, by the way, DK, come on, chill out DK. Give me a break. Here. No, no <laughs> kidding. I mean, I know that he's he's joking, but but Rocco was Jesse's first overall pick when we did the confidence picks back yeah. in the spring, and he worked out. But he's also a junior, and Jesse's chiming in now as well. Oh. But he's also a junior now, and I'm saying when he was a freshman, like for two years, people were like, "Where's Rocco Spindler? Where's Rocco Spindler?" Right. Well, sometimes it takes a little bit longer sure. to get it all worked out, you know. And that's my point. So, and, and as much the- as you think of Gerby Lambert or whoever it happens to be, you still got to see him get on the field and go up against some men and not high school boys. And here, and here's the problem with with Rocco getting hurt when he did. He, I mean, there's a chance he gets Wally pipped, man, because there's a lot of talent on the interior on this roster, right? And you know the the guys that have been in Billy Shrouth looks really really good. You know Pat Coogan has held his own. You know this year, does he continue to start next? Like there are a lot of options on the inside. Charles Jagasaw was practicing on the inside. Now, obviously he's moved to left tackle. You don't make that move unless that's where he's going to be next year, obviously, or at least practicing at that position. And so there there's, there's going to be some movement on the offensive line between next year and this year. There's no doubt about that to me. I I, I concur with that. Yeah. And it's the best man win. Look, find your best five, get them on the field. You know, you're going to have some dynamic running backs behind you. You're going to have a dynamic running quarterback behind you. You know, the offensive line doesn't need to be elite. Now, it would help. It would be great. There's a bunch of guys on this roster who have the ability to be elite, right, individually. Now they have to do it as a group. But you've got a bunch of skill talent that is going to get yards. And if this offensive line, whoever it happens to be, whatever the five is, if they can it just put together a decent season, they're going to have a bunch of talent. Or, I mean, they're going to have a bunch of success. Mm-hmm. Vince, I'll get back to some more Marcus Freeman comments okay. here in a minute. But uh, you may have heard there's a strength coach opening, and there is yeah. a name that has popped that. up. The reports, um, I think it was Football Scoop. John Bryce had it um, yesterday. Lauren Landau, former Broncos strength coach. I don't know exactly how much you have looked into him. Do you have any thoughts on Lauren Landau? I have zero thoughts on Lauren Landau. I, somebody tweeted at me about a 10-minute talk uh, about him. I just haven't had 10 minutes to sit down and I was on to that it. tweet thing as well, and I listened to a couple minutes. Did you? And it just didn't do didn't, anything for you? Didn't, well, it didn't really. Like, apparently there was some controversy about, you know, being let go by the Broncos and, and that okay. kind of stuff. And, you know, look, I don't know how we're supposed to make judgments about strength <laughs> coaches, right? It's like... Every NFL team has a strength coach. The guy was a strength coach for an NFL team. I think the biggest thing is the sort of, you know, the the divide apparently before was old school versus new school 
sort of thinking philosophies right. and right. those kind of things. And right. so the question is going to be, does Lauren Landau or whoever else, does he meet what Marcus Freeman is looking for with a sort of uh, newer school type stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's going to be the question. Yeah. And I haven't had time enough yep. to look, you know, completely into him at this point. Nope, I haven't either. I, I know he's, he's worked he, with a lot of NFL guys, though, yeah, like I mean, NFL and other the, sports as well. He's doing the individual thing right now. I think he owns his own company, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, you've got to weigh whether that's a, a good move for him to come to Notre Dame, be the strength coach, you know, all those different types of deals. And so, you know, I I don't know. I I mean, there's a lot to be said. You know, I, the strength coach at Penn is, is really dialed into that kind of stuff. I actually was thinking about walking down and talking to him. And seeing what he had to say about all this stuff. He's on like the national board for strength and conditioning coaches. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a very exact world. Like they're in their own world. Like strength coaches are their own deal. You know what I mean, Sean? And so yeah. it really depends, like you said, on what Marcus Freeman is looking for. And I know he is looking for a guy who's on the cutting edge with technology and numbers and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So it would not surprise me if it was going to be a younger guy that he brings in. I agree. And I don't I know think, if this Landau guy, I have no idea how old he is. Well, so. I think one of the things that kind of followed him out of Denver is, you know, some soft tissue injuries and stuff like that. And the guy in that podcast that you were talking about that we were tagged on, you know, yeah. talked to a lot of people who have worked with him in the past and they all had great things to say about him. And, and basically I think what they were kind of saying is, you know, look, whatever, you know, issues that there were was not something that a specific strength coach gotcha. probably could have prevented. It sounded gotcha. like, you know, but makes sense. Yeah. I E sometimes stuff just happens. You know, yeah. That's yeah. kind of the way it, it goes. Right. But, you know, like from Notre Dame's perspective, you sure did have a rash of of wide receivers with hamstrings. This oh, year that I mean, that was a that was a definite yeah. issue. You know, whether that was just you know something that was from the strength and conditioning side of things, or whether that was just a giant coincidence, it was a problem. There's no doubt about that. It was a problem. <laughs> Joe Allen says strength and conditioning coaches are like kickers in their own field. I mean. <laughs> Kickers are weirdos too. Believe me, I've got yep. one two floors up for me right now. He's a weirdo too. Yep. So there's no doubt about that. So more from Marcus Freeman. Steve Angeli is obviously going to make his first career start in uh, in the Sun Bowl. And Marcus Freeman talked about what he is looking for from Angeli. I think what Steve has done all year has been um, tremendous in terms of building confidence in the coaching staff as a backup. You're getting um, important reps in practice, and obviously in the, the, the opportunities he's had in the game, he's done a tremendous job, right? And uh, we have a lot of confidence in Steve Angeli, um, you know, and, and with Kenny, you know, he'll, he'll be able to get some meaningful reps too. Um, there, there's not a plan to try to play two quarterbacks, right, where we're going to go with Steve, and, and um, we want to make sure we give him the best opportunity to succeed. And so there's a lot of confidence everybody in our football program that Steve Angeli can uh, lead us to where we need to go. What did you think of that? I mean, <laughs> devil's advocate would say, what do you want him to say? Well, let me <laughs> like, ask you, let me ask you more specifically. 
What did you think about weaving Kenny Minchie in there? Kenny Minchie will get a chance to get some meaningful reps, and then, then in the next breath, there's no plan to play two quarterbacks in this game. It sure sounds like they're planning on getting two quarterbacks in this game, though, doesn't it? Let's just say it sounded like Kenny Minchie was on his mind. How yeah. about that? It, it sounded like, and and look, it, from it almost sounded like he caught himself. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and oh, Marcus hold Freeman, it, hold it. I wasn't really yeah, supposed to say right. that. Reeling it back in, baby. <laughs> bring, bring it back. Bring it back. Yes. Um. Yeah. I. I it was. <laughs> it was very interesting to hear him say that because it caught my eye or ear as I listened to that for the first time when I played back his press conference the other day. I was surprised that he brought up Kenny Minchie because I don't believe that was the question that was asked. Wasn't asked, no. Yeah, and so it, he's obviously going to be getting some reps. I don't know. Like I said, maybe there isn't a direct plan to get him in. Okay, that's fine. Um, but he's probably nipping at the heels of Steve Angeli. I, I, I still to the I still believe Steve Angeli. Or I mean, Kenny Minchie would beat out Steve Angeli if it was a head-to-head competition. But that has that's not the case. Steve Angeli's been the backup quarterback all year. Starters out. Steve Angeli gets to start. I get it. That's fine. I, I have no problem with that. You know, but I bet you Kenny Minchie's dipping at his heels hardcore. And I think that where you are right now, you're already, you were already going to be starting a quarterback who's never made a start. Angeli does have more experience, obviously, than Minchie. Minchie's basically got the kind of experience that Angeli got last year. Took some snaps knelt down you know handed off whatever it happens to be but you also just lost your offensive coordinator so now you've got your quarterback coach stepping in to be the offensive coordinator calling plays for the first time it it just you know and obviously those comments came before today even though Marcus Freeman had to have an idea that potentially it was coming you know that this could happen but still it just seems like there's a lot of different variables and the fewer variables that you can kind of have on display, I think probably the better, don't you? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I think they're both getting first team reps at this point, whether it's like 70, 30 or 60, 40 or something along those lines. Look, it, I mean, Steve Angeli has earned the right to start in this game by being the backup all season. I have no problem with that. I'll be disappointed if I don't see number eight, get a few snaps. That's for sure. And not in mop up duty. Right. You know, so Speaking of quarterbacks, Angeli's getting the opportunity because Sam Hartman's gone. First, he was going to play in the Sun Bowl, and then, it's I guess it was a week ago today, he decided to opt out of the Sun Bowl. And Marcus Freeman said, you know, or was, was asked, what changed between he was going to play and now he's not going to play? Yeah, I don't I mean, you'll have to ask Sam. You know, we, we, we he, um, made the decision that he's going to opt out and he talked to the people that um you know he felt are important in his life and uh made a decision that he felt was best for him and um as i've told all of the guys that have opted out i can disagree with your decision and still support you right and that's the same thing i've told sam and every single other one that opted out i disagree i think you should play um but i love you and i support you and um you're going to do great things I mean, I totally agree with mm-hmm. with with that last part. You know, yep. like what else can you do as right. a head coach? You can't, you know, you can't kick and scream and and you know, be be like Narduzzi over there at Pittsburgh and and cry every time some you know player does something that you don't want him to do. It's like it's it's all you can do, especially 
publicly and even behind the scenes, I think, because, you know, look, there was Freeman and, and Hartman had a great relationship. You saw it on the sideline. You know, they, you know, they threw love shots at each other and, you know, arrows and all that different kind of stuff, you know, in press conferences during the season, things worked out fairly well. I mean, obviously there, there are three games that, you know, might say a little bit otherwise, but things worked out fairly well. And I just think that guys are going to make their own decisions ultimately, and you can't control every decision that they make. Just like being a parent, all you can yeah. do is support them with the yep. decision that they're going to make ultimately. Yep. And that's, you know, it's interesting because if you remember, remember when he took over in December, right? And they were playing in the Fiesta Bowl. And uh, Kyle Hamilton and gosh, whoever else it was opted out of the, of the bowl game. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't let them travel with the team. He wouldn't let them be a part of it. He wouldn't let them be there. He said they could be on the sideline as alumni or whatever, you know, that kind of a deal. Uh-huh. He seems to have changed his tune a little bit as far as that is concerned. I don't, he's not shutting these guys out like he did that first time around. I think That's he kind of learned his lesson a little bit on that one, but I think the message that he is sending is I don't agree with you. I think you should play, but I understand it. And I'm going to support you. I think that you said it best, right? That's what a parent does. I, I tell my kid that all the time. Like, I don't agree with what you're doing. And I still have a little bit more control over him than Marcus <laughs> Freeman has over his kids. Yeah. But like, I'm going to support you regardless, but you know, here's what I would have done or something along those lines. I think that's a great, at the end of the do. day. Yeah. I mean, there are certain decisions, you know, like you're not going to let your kid make every decision on his own. Right. You know, but you know, like you want to give them as much input experience, you know, whatever that, that you have insight on the subject, but at the end of the day that, you know, like, especially Hartman, I mean, the guy's been around for six years, he's 24 years old. He's an adult. He has to make his own decision on what he wants to do. And I mean, it's, you know, again, like going back to the, to the, to the parent kid thing, it's, it's the same thing as they get older, you have to encourage them to make their own decision. Just give them the the best information that you can, but they've got to make it ultimately on their own and, and you support them as much as possible. Well, and you, you, you went through this already with, with Jesse, obviously in the whole college choice thing and the whole thing. And it's like, I'm, I'm there. I'm like in the passenger seat on this whole ride. Right. And it's like, I'm trying to help steer it a little bit, but at the end of the day, he's in the driver's seat and it's like, okay, I'm going to support you in whatever you want to do, but I'm going to kind of try to steer it a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, that's how I feel. And I don't know how well, he handled it, but I mean, he, you know, you know, he had to make a, I don't know if he's still here. He had to make a college decision sure right and i think his mom and i kind of thought that there was another option or two that 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 you know we preferred over where he ended up going because of the schooling and just you know just the whole thing long run it worked out you know but ultimately he had to make that decision it wasn't yeah the exact decision we would have made but he had to make the decision at the end of the day that's the way it played out well i mean and and at at the end of the day, he went to the school that I took him to. So I think that had a lot to do with it. That's right. As well. That's right. <laughs> what it comes down to. I still remember that. It was a lot of fun, by the way. So do you <laughs> DKS why I hate the state of Michigan? <laughs> I mean, isn't it obvious? <laughs> I mean, I will be steering my kid away from the state of Michigan as much as possible. Okay. So there is one good thing. Well, two good things, maybe okay. they have. They have nice 
craft breweries in southwestern <laughs> Michigan. That's one. But on that same thing, in Grand Rapids, they have a place called the Mitten. Of course, you know, Michigan okay. being the Mitten state. But they have a place called the Mitten. It is a craft brewery that also serves pizza. It is an old firehouse that is baseball-themed inside. Ooh. It's the bet Like, that is the only truly good thing I've ever found in the state of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. My wife was born in Michigan, so I have to be careful. But, ah. um, she wised up and moved before she was 10, so it's all good. See, if I was born and raised or born or, you know, whatever in Michigan, maybe I'd feel a little bit <laughs> differently. But I mean, yeah, I have to be careful because like the in-laws are all like Tigers fans and Lions, like they're all Michigan people. So I have to be careful with my Mich Michigan hatred, like the outright Michigan hatred around them because then I, I get I get side eyed and, you know, all of that. So I got to be careful. On the Sam Hartman subject. I've seen some people compare it to Drew Pine and the way he mm. left or, you know, mm. just flat out saying Sam Hartman quit on the team. Do you see, do you see those being the same thing? Opting out versus transferring out before the bowl game, the, the, the Pine Hartman connection, you know? No, I do not see it as the same thing at all. Um, the transferring out, before the bowl game, that's different than opting out. I mean, it just is. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it, I guess the end of the day, it's the same thing. You're not playing in the bowl game. And so it feels like you're quitting on the team. But like, if you transfer out, you're really quitting on the team. Like, you're no longer part of the program. Um, so I, I do not see it the same way. Uh, Drew Pine wasn't making the decision based on his NFL aspirations, he was making the decision to go to a different school. You know, I mean, at least you can say Sam Hartman thinks whatever he thinks about his draft prospects. And that's why he's opting out because he doesn't want to get hurt. So I don't know. I look at it completely differently, completely differently. I do, too. And like Irish Steel 63, why pay a guy who doesn't see it through? We paid Sam good money. Uh, we didn't pay we, Sam a dime. We didn't right. pay Sam a dime. He got a lot of different NIL money yeah. from different specific NIL sponsors. Now, did Notre Dame, obviously, the connection to Notre Dame, Yeah, you know, did they connect them? You know, you know, yeah. But there wasn't money literally coming out of Notre Dame's pocket. No. Sam Hartman. It wasn't. Here. Completely different thing. And, you know, and regardless of if you believe it's necessary or not for where he is likely to go in the draft – Sam Hartman believes, I think, that he is protecting, you know, whatever draft stock right. that he has. He's protecting Absolutely. his health for the draft. Drew Pine decided because he was informed that the team was going to bring in some competition, i.e. Sam Hartman, in the future at the position, he just left the team and entered the transfer portal right away. Now, other team, you know, other players have obviously left the team and entered mm -hmm. the portal, but Drew Pine was a starting quarterback, and that season was still going yeah. on. So to pull the plug the way he did, you know, right. just a few weeks before the bowl game is is a completely yeah. different situation. Different feeling. It was a different feeling. And Keith has an interesting point, and I'm going to bring it up. He says, Hartman may not get drafted, but J.D. Bertrand and J.J.B. may not get drafted either, but they are playing. From I'll play devil's advocate, and I will support Sam Hartman in this way only. He's opting out because both of his tackles opted out, 
right? And his starting running back opted out. The defense. He's not going to say it out loud, and Marcus right. Freeman didn't say it out loud. Right. But that's I, why. Let's I, be honest. That's that's what I believe. Yes, is the reason. Yes, correct. And so the defense is almost 100 percent intact, right? I mean, they lost Cam Hart, obviously, but that plays no bearing on anything JD or JJB are going to be doing. Nana Osafa Mensah opted out. He's a backup. Right. Well, he didn't opt out. He transferred. Well, he transferred. Yeah, exactly. So who else is opting out that truly affects the defense? The defense is almost 100% intact. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I just feel like it's a completely different scenario. If the offense was was as intact as the defense is, Sam Hartman plays in this game. Look, I've said before, if you're not considered a first or second round draft pick, there's no reason to opt out. Agreed. I just Agreed. that's especially as a first round pick. If you're projected to be a first round pick, the kind of money that you're going to make is so different than any other round in the draft. I completely understand that. You know, like right. Does it still stink? Yeah, especially because of you know, these are these are lower to mid-tier bowls yep. anyway. Like would 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 all these guys be opting out if Notre Dame was was even playing in a New Year's Six Bowl instead of the Sun Bowl? We don't know definitively, but I have to think no. You know, yeah. like they wouldn't they wouldn't be opting out yeah. at at the rate that they did. Right. You know, and again, I just I I feel like I get the point that that Keith was making that those guys are out there and like. Javante John Baptiste is going to be a captain that, you know, and all this different stuff. I, I, I don't disagree. I know, it, but I, but I also, I, I just don't think you can, I, I just like what Marcus Freeman said, I don't agree with it, but what, what else can you do, but support it? You know, there's, there's really no other choice that you have. It's, it's their health and their decision at the end of the day. I just feel like, you know, again, like I think it started, Six-ish years ago with Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, who had both suffered injuries playing running back during the season. And so they opted out of their bowls at the end of the year to protect their health, try to get healthy, get ready for the draft, you know, so they could go to workouts and all that stuff. And six years later, it has turned into something completely different Yeah, when you've got guys who are going to be fifth and sixth round picks who are opting out and, you know, guys who quite honestly might not even get drafted who are opting out of bowl games. You said it last week. I'll say it again this week. There's three guys that I have no problem opting out. Audric Estime, Cam Hart, and Joe Alt for different reasons. But right. those three guys, I have no problem opting out. Everybody else, I have a problem with it. So yep. I give a lot of respect to those defensive guys that are not opting out. I think that's fantastic. I love that. Right. And there's a reason that some of those guys were rewarded with a captainship you know, moving forward for the bowl game. So I love it. I, I, I would now again, my kid's a kicker, but if he wasn't and he had the opportunity to opt out and wasn't going to be a top five, top 10 draft pick, I would tell him to play dude, play. When are you going to get another opportunity to play in college with your teammates? Yeah. And I like people are saying, you know, that. like Jalen Smith is the worst case scenario guy who could have been the number one overall pick. But again, like most of these guys aren't going to be overall number one picks, you know? They're, they're just not so that, you know, like, I don't know. I, again, disagree with it, but I understand. But I would that, support that him. Like if I, if I was, if I was in Marcus Freeman's position, what else can you do? 
You know what I mean? You don't want to sour them moving forward or anything else like that. There's no point in that. So it's like, hey, I disagree with you. I think you should play, but I'm going to support you as I always have. You know, and I, I think that's the best common, the best attitude you can possibly have as a head coach. So CJ Carr is on campus. He got on uh, campus, started practicing with the team last Friday. Here's Marcus Freeman on the benefit to his freshman quarterback. It's great. I couldn't imagine being CJ and coming in here by yourself. And um, he was here yesterday for meetings and walkthroughs. And, and it was like the first day of school, you're the new guy. And, uh, you know, I was able to spend some time with him during practice and after practice. And uh, today he was slinging the ball around and uh, he, he's going to be a great player. Um, but it's just good to have him here, right, in that comfort. And so as you move into the winter and you move into spring ball, he's not starting from ground zero. He knows what the expectations are. He'll know where to go. He'll be able to help those guys that are coming in in January figure it out. But um, I'm glad he's here, and I'm excited for the future uh, of C.J. Carr. So you good with all that, Vince? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's odd, obviously, that he's here as early as he is. But if you've got that option, why would you not take it? He's within driving distance. Obviously, he drive he drove down all the time to Notre Dame. Yeah. He's very familiar with the coaching staff. He's very familiar with the team. He graduated. He basically graduated high school Friday, and that afternoon he got in a car and came down to Notre Dame. Like, how freaking cool is that? Like, I, know. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's freaking <laughs> awesome. That's what I think. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P.com slash Irish. This is the best time of the year. It's bowl season and Christmas is right around the corner. So whether you're looking for tickets to the Sun Bowl to watch Notre Dame take on Oregon State or looking for tickets to a Christmas concert or comedy show or just looking for a great last minute gift, game time is the place for you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. 
Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. I can't imagine like leaving high school in the, you know, in the middle of the year and you know, now I'm in college and I'm playing football or whatever sport it happens to be. Right. Take it off like that. And yeah, he just jumped down and next thing you know, he's in the middle of meetings and going to practice and, and doing the whole thing and soaking it up. And, you know, and I hadn't really thought, you know, like the, the whole, like he's, he's already as the quarterback by nature, you know, that it's, it's a leadership position. And now it's like Marcus Freeman said, I hadn't, you know, like he's going to be here. He's going to have a feel kind of, kind of a lay of the land and the whole thing. And now the other freshmen get in and he's going to be kind of a step ahead and be able to help those guys out, show them where to go, do all those different things. And, and I really don't even think it's a matter of like on field football stuff. You know, he'll, he'll get a little bit, of that, but at the same time, now he's going to have a new offensive coordinator. So he might not even get any, you know, benefit out of that at all, you know, but it's, it's just the other stuff. The fact that he's here and he's able to go through that. And it's like you said, it's really cool that he's able to be in that position. And like you said, the, the specific X's and O's of it, you know, the play calling and those kind of things, that's meaningless. You know what I mean? That it's, it's getting on campus. It's, you know, getting in the locker room, finding your locker, getting dressed, the like, understanding what how practice is going to go, the tempo, you know, just being a part of it, running through the drills and, you know, all of those different things. Like, that's what these next couple of weeks are going to be about for CJ Carr. You know what I mean? And so right. I think that's that's where he's going to benefit immensely from being there these couple of weeks. And then he's going to get to go home and hang out with his family some more and then come back and do it all over again. So I, I this is it's almost like he's going to camp. You know what I mean? He's, hey, yeah. mom, dad, I'm going to go to camp for a couple of weeks. I'll see you at Christmas. And, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. You go to the bowl game, and then you, yeah. after the bowl game's over, you get to go home for a couple more weeks, yeah. and then you come back for, for uh, school in the middle yeah. of January. So right. you're right. Awesome. It is kind of like camp. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, like, the best camp ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no kidding. Awesome. Talk about fantasy camp. That's right. <laughs> you Seriously. Okay, so one more piece of sound for Marcus Freeman from his press conference Saturday. Mike Brown, the new wide receivers coach at Notre Dame. And here is what Marcus Freeman had to say about him. Added Mike Brown to our staff, which we uh, announced last week. Um, Mike's obviously a guy that I worked with closely um, at Cincinnati. And, and to me, the things that, that I remember most about our time together was the developer that he was um, of the entire room. You know, I've seen him truly develop that room at Cincinnati. And, you know, I know people will look at the draft picks that, that came out of that room. But to me, it's the from top to bottom, um, seeing him develop uh, young people, the recruiter and evaluator he is, um, really just the, the guys I've seen him bring into that program um, and develop and uh, the energy he brings. And he brings a, an energy um, to this coaching staff, to that wide receivers room. and, and Last but not least, uh, uh, the husband, the father, um, the person he is. You know, I'm excited to get his wife, Diamond, here, um, his two sons, uh, three and Drew, and uh, have them join our family. 
Vince, I don't know about you, like when I was sitting there and I heard Marcus Freeman, like that first part about he's a developer of the entire room. He's like, you can talk about the draft picks, but he's a developer of the entire room. Like, am I reading, am I reading too much into it? Did it, did it feel like, you know, we kind of got maybe an explanation of, of why Mike Brown is here and the last guy is gone. I mean, they hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, that's what everybody wants, the development of the wide receiver room. How did Mike Brown to our staff? Which What's happening? What is happening? Sean Styers, I'm not touching it anymore. I think we were both pushing pushing buttons at the same time. Yes, we were. And yes, we were. All right, boom. you're back. So that's gone. So the development piece, yes, 100%. That's why he's here. That's what he needs to do. That's That's, you know, directive number one. We need to develop the talent that we have here at Notre Dame. These kids have the talent. They need to now produce. That's on you. 100%. I love it. I think that's exactly why he's here. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the whole room has to be, <laughs> the whole room has to be developed. And yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think you look at the way things had gone and the whole room was not being developed before. Yep. You know, it, it can't be just about one or two guys. And I Absolutely. think that that's kind of what it turned into mm-hmm. before. So yes, no. Looking question. forward to it. Looking forward to and seeing. Whether it was the, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say whether it was the right one or two guys is a different conversation. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, got a couple different questions. Uh, women's basketball beat Purdue yesterday. That was yeah, they did. That was, you know, always fun. Kind of saw it <laughs> big time. Saw it coming. But uh, Anthony wants to know if I've noticed any improvement in uh, the women's basketball team since the South Carolina game. I think the biggest thing is, one, the overall depth that they have displayed because of the fact that Citron has only played three games and they've played so much without her. And now the last – they've been without Cass Prosper for a handful of games now. Uh, Emma Risch, the freshman, has been out uh, for a little bit, you know, for for a couple of games as well. So their depth has really been tested. And – they're still out there trouncing teams night in and night out. But the other thing, I think that I don't know how much, you know, like how much Anthony has watched or how much other people have watched, but I think that Hannah Hidalgo, like early on, it was about, oh, she was, you know, scoring over 20 points a game and she still continues to score over 20 points a game and all the steals and all that different stuff. I think that she has grown already as a true point guard, just in terms of more, you know, distribution and getting people involved that maybe she wasn't doing quite as much of early on those first couple games. But she and Anna DeWolf, the transfer from Fordham, also play really well together. Like they see each other really well and uh, they, they both distribute really well. And I think that's the biggest thing. When the ball starts moving, especially when they're in transition, it looks pretty good. And those two work really well together. So I think that that has been a bit, you know, between the depth and just what those two, you know, kind of that, that combination. And there's others as well. And Nat Marshall, for that matter, who uh, is a senior and has battled some injuries over the course of her career. She's in a stretch. She just scored in double figures for the fifth consecutive game yesterday. And that's the first time that has ever happened in her career. And again, she's a senior now Four. Uh, five straight games she's been in double figures so you've seen great development from her as a post player as well so that's been good scott uh go ahead uh nope go ahead i'll save mine for the end 
Okay. Scott wants totally. to know if, if uh, Neil Livey's given an update on Sonia Citron's recovery. If so, what's the update? Uh, the latest is they're expecting her back, uh, you know, potentially by the end of this month when they when go to Syracuse to open ACC play on New Year's Eve, potentially. So we shall see. Wow, and that was, right that was kind of the short end of the range. You know, there yeah. were some different things being thrown out, but that was kind of the short end of the range that I had heard initially. So there's a chance that that she'll be back by then. I was going to say, that's only a couple of weeks away, so that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I know people were begging me to say who the name that I thought in my head, you know, about the offensive coordinator. So I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get in trouble, but I will say <laughs> there's a post on the board at Irish Breakdown or boards.irishbreakdown.com where Brian let the name go. So it is out there on the board. So if you're a member of the board, you can go take a look and see what that intel is. And then he kind of goes into detail as to why that would be a good hire and all of those different things. So I'm not going to say the names. I don't think that's my place, but he did say it over on the board. So you guys can go check that out. <laughs> Wick 13 I won't swear, but I saw the title of this board and dropped a big WTF bomb. Well, apparently Wick was uh, busy during the day, and he didn't see what was going on. So, I don't know. Should we address it kind of here at the end since we've been on for a while? And, you know, there might be some people kind of jumping in late. The, the Jared Parker going to Troy situation. Yeah, might as well. It is breaking news for the most part. I mean, it's only been a few hours. I'm in the camp, you know, again, like, again, kind of circling back to where we started. When I first heard this news, I was quite frankly shocked that, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, wow, one season and Jared Parker is ready to become a head coach. But when you look at the connections to Troy and – um kind of how he ended up there. The guy who who was the outgoing head coach at Troy, John Sumrall, he has moved on to Tulane. Jared Parker and Sumrall played together in college. And Neil Brown, who also coached at Troy, who Parker coached under at West Virginia. So you've got that connection. He played with him as well. So you've got these three guys and the two former guys, Summerall and Brown, who Parker is, you know, connected to both of them. You know that when when Summerall moved on, you know, as he got a bigger job, that the athletic director, Brent Jones, you know, asked him probably, you know, his thoughts on who might be a good candidate. And it, it just appears that Jared Parker was one of the names that came up. And then you look at what Pete Thamel from ESPN was saying. They like the fact that he's a high energy coach, has a you know big swath of experience, is what Thamel said, and they also like the fact that he has offensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator in his background. So like you you just connect the dots, and yep. there are a lot of dots that connect him there. And you know, look, I, I think it's a good step for Jared Parker because of the fact that this is a program that has been really good over the last few years. Summerall went 23 and four there in the last two years, 16 and two 
in the Sun Belt. So this is not a, a, you know, like a bad program that Parker is taking over. He's taking over a healthy program. And you add in the fact that, you know, his his Southern connections and his Southern right. twang and just the whole thing. And again, it's, like the fit down there at a place in Alabama like Troy, I think it seems to make a lot of sense. Yep, I completely agree with everything you said. This is not a step down for Jared Parker at all. This is a step up. He's going from being a coordinator at obviously, arguably, a, one of the better jobs in the country. I have no doubt I I can very safely say that, but he's going to be a head coach at a Division One team who's 23-4 and four over the last two years. So, you know, that's a step up, folks, and you may not. And that's okay if you don't want to agree with that. That's fine, but it well, is look, a step up. Yeah, and I mean, there are people who are obviously more than happy to see Jared Parker leave as well, right? right? And as, oh, as I sure. said at the start of the show, look, this is going to be the third offensive coordinator in as many seasons for Marcus Freeman. On the one hand, that's good because, you know, like you said, Tommy Reese goes to Alabama, things worked out for him, but there were disgruntled people with Tommy Reese. Many of, sure. many of those same people wouldn't mind having Tommy Reese back after some of the things that they saw this year that, you know, they wanted to pin solely on Jared Parker. Jared Parker's moving on to become a head coach. And, you know, again, I'm not pointing the finger at Marcus Freeman, but at the same time, we're going to find out with this next hire if we yeah. see some of the same issues that come up that we've seen the last couple of years. We're going to we're we're, we're going to know, you know, whose responsibility that is. You yeah. know, should we have been blaming the offensive coordinator? Should we have been blaming the head coach? We're going to find out because the wide we're going to see. Coach. Yeah, the yeah. wide receiver coach. Guy, you, know? you know, like yeah, like those are all new now. Like I mean, yep. two of the three things are new. So if the same problems persist. You know, you know, take that to whatever, wherever you want to take it. But again, look at the last three defensive coordinators for Notre Dame. They're all head coaches. The last two def offensive coordinators for Notre Dame, one's a head coach, one's playing for national championship as an offensive coordinator. Right. And the fourth offense or defensive coordinator could be a head coach if he wanted to be at a lower place. You know what I mean? And so a lot of success for the last coordinators at Notre Dame. We'll see what happens with this next hire. Um, and and it's it's a hire for scheme, folks. I'm telling you, right now, it's a hire for scheme. And it looks like it's going to be an outside hire, which is, I think, good news for all. So um, I think that's what everybody it. wants, right? You yeah. want an outside. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So and I can't say Marcus yeah. Freeman's just hiring his buddies and all that stuff. Again, even though, as we said before, it's not like, Marcus Freeman didn't try to hire outside before he ended up hiring Correct. Jared Parker last year. I mean, yeah. we've got we've got the receipts from the hockey game, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a guy that was at Colorado who's now a head coach on the West Coast who was one of these guys that was vetted. Uh, the, the kid from Kansas State, uh, who I think is at Texas A&M right now, Colin was Klein, one of the yeah. finalists. You know, yeah. you, obviously you had the guy from Utah. So, I mean, they – the plan was to go outside last time and it got screwed up. And so, you know, let's see what happens this time. That's all I can yeah. say. And look, you know, I am, you know, cause I saw Brent, I think his, his uh, comments were, were being a little sarcastic, <laughs> you know, he, that he was making uh, a minute ago. Oh yes, absolutely. Jared Parker would definitely be my top pick for head coach. I mean, I mean, Brent, at the end of the day, what do you know about Jared Parker as a head coach candidate? Well, and my point was going to be, okay, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of experience as a coordinator, but again, he's, you know, got the connections 
to this program. And you, you have to believe that the word of people who knew him, who right. both worked there, went a long way. And if you want to, you know, mock that and say, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I mean, <laughs> shocker, that's the world. You know, the world ain't fair. <laughs> it's it's more, you know, it's more about what's feasible than what's fair, I always say. And, um, you know, this is still Troy. You know, it's not like he's taking over a Power 5 program. You know, he's going to Troy and he's going to get a chance to be a head coach at a, you know, at a good, you know, mid-level type program. But, it, you know, he's he's not going to the Power 5. He's going to have a chance to prove himself as a head coach and then potentially, you know, move up the ladder in a few years. We'll see. We'll see how it works out for him. Good luck to him though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. No question. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. A lot of good stuff as always. Appreciate everybody being here. I've been getting, uh, you know, some different uh, texts from different people and uh, you know, the Brian being one of them as well. He's got some stuff that he was texting me. Um <laughs> But also this whole Lauren Landau thing, apparently from from uh, someone I know out there in the Denver area, Denver Bronco fan, he was a pretty popular guy. Okay. Well, so, Sean sources say it's okay. We'll that, uh, that's okay by me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we shall see. We shall yeah. see. Yeah, we will. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night. Hit the like button for us, if you would. We do appreciate it. I can't believe we're a week away from Christmas, by the way, Vince. Not in any way prepared for that whatsoever. We, we've got a busy day tomorrow. We'll be over at Notre Dame. We will be yep. watching practice. We will be talking about that on this practice tomorrow. Of course, we will do that. We'll have rapid fire. We're going to be able to talk to some players out there tomorrow yeah, as well. You're going to be so. busy. I know, busy. and then Wednesday is signing day, so we've just got a ton of stuff going on. Excuse me, going on. But thanks for being here. Hit the like button. And, of course, your friendly reminder to subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platforms. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Mark Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.